Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, whose website is enderf.org. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. And uh, you can get that, or you can link, there's a link to it on neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. And before we get started today, I wanted to bring up a question that was brought up by uh, a a listener. Not a question, but a a suggestion, actually. Um, And it's a good suggestion. And as a podcast listener, I totally side with it. But the suggestion was that rather than having, you know, five short podcasts a week, maybe have fewer podcasts that are longer. And obviously, the longer episodes would either include multiple experiences or some of the bigger experiences. Honestly, I haven't come across as many bigger experiences lately, which is, you know, it worked out for, you know, my shortening of the podcast anyway. But uh, so they would either be, you know, I'd find longer podcasts or longer uh, experiences or I'd share multiple small experiences. Either way, the question is, would you prefer to have the everyday shorter experiences or the maybe, I don't know, once a week longer podcast? It would be maybe 45 minutes to an hour, give or take. I I, I can't say for sure how long they'd be. It'd depend on how much time I have on those days, but also, you know, but I would aim for longer podcasts just less often because as the listener, put it, you know, it's it's hard to keep up with the everyday anyway, and so just having the longer ones less often, they'd just be more likely to get it all, and uh, and so forth. I just want to hear your thoughts. I'm not saying that I'll change things or that I won't change things. I, I'd love to hear your feedback, though, and get an idea of, of where you guys all stand on that. So if you can contact me and let me know what you would prefer, if you, or if you have other suggestions that would... Uh, Give me a little bit more time, but also allow the podcast to keep going. Here, here's another idea. I'm not suggesting that I'm ready to do this, but um, have guest podcasters. You know, people, maybe, you know, if we had five different people, each of them doing a podcast a week or something, and uh, posting on my behalf, um or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, what thoughts do you have? What, uh, what what do you think? So, if uh, if you could just email me, neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com. Give me your feedback or ideas. I'd love to hear it. Okay, today we're going to share three very, very short experiences, and, uh, and we'll talk about them afterwards. Um, these are all three off enderf.org. And the first is Nina. Nina says, I saw a bright light through a tunnel. I went to the light. As I was going to the light, I saw tiny lights all around me. I remember feeling at peace and the feeling of floating. I think someone said something to me, and I said, I told Fess I would be fine. Fess is my son at the time. He was seven years old. I could not lie to him. The feeling of being pulled back into my shell with the feeling of heaviness like I was weighted down. Then I woke up in the intensive care unit fighting for air. Okay, we'll come back and talk about it later. This one is put in the format of a poem, which is interesting. I would assume 
that they wrote out their experience as poetry because they enjoy doing poetry, something to that effect. But here's, here's what it says. Came into a beautiful garden with soft colors, a park in perfect harmony with a blue sky, summer-like spring, beautiful building, kind of monastery, beautiful hallway with huge chandeliers, at the end of the hallway a strong yet soft light. While entering the buildings, I was stopped by three close yet deceased relatives. I spoke to the three of them. The last one told me that I was too early to enter, then came back to the world with beautiful visions. Now, I don't know if it was intended to be written as a poem or not. It's just uh, 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 formatted in that way, but it actually makes a very beautiful poem. <laughs> anyway, okay, here's... And that was, by the way, that was Van. And here is Maury. Maury says, On the operating table, I came out of my body. I went for a walk and I saw a whirlwind of white light. Then I am between a border separating the world here from the celestial world, or the, from the celestial or astral. I entered in a light that illuminated this experience. It was brilliant and beautiful, all along a white passageway, I saw a Jesus, very beautiful and serene. He told me that it is too early for me to be here and showed me my child wrapped in gold. He showed me my husband, who was very sad in the room of the hospital. I chose to return to help people. I wrote a book that is due to be published shortly to help people in despair. At this moment, I was projected in my body with great speed. So that's the third experience. If you're just here to hear the experiences, that's the end of it. Now let's talk about them a little bit. First off, unfortunately, I can't find enough uh, detail from Maury's experience to find out if, if uh, her book ever came out or what it was called or anything like that. I, I don't see a, her last name or or name of a book, the book, or anything like that, but uh, very interesting experience. Um, let's start with Nina. Nina talks about seeing, you know, first seeing the light, but also seeing tiny lights all around her. That sounds like the glitter that some people see. I, I don't know what else to call it. It's like, imagine sprinkling glitter across a, a spotlight, you know, maybe you've got a spotlight pointing out into, you know, straight forward or out into space or something, but then you sprinkle glitter um, so it falls in front of it, and what that would look like, that's the closest thing I can think of to the, you know, giving a fair description of what people are seeing, these tiny lights, uh, sparkles, they sometimes call them, and, and I'm left to wonder um, what that is or why that is, and are they seeing small representative representatives of individuals are they seeing just i mean is this just what light looks like um at certain you know levels i, I don't know i don't know but it's it's quite common to see that and uh she's pulled back with a feeling of heaviness of weighted down this is something that's very common with near-death experiencers when they uh have the sense of coming back 
the sense of weight, the sense of gravity, they say you don't realize how heavy gravity is until you're, you've been out of your body for a time. And usually when they go out of their body, it feels like days or weeks passing by when it may be only a few seconds that they're on the operating table knocked out. But uh, it's, you know, that sensation of coming back into the body after feeling like you've been away from it for a long time is really heavy, really heavy and very common. Um, the uh, experience that Van gives that looks like a poem is very interesting. He finds himself in this blue sky park-like setting and then in a beautiful building, kind of like a monastery. And in this monastery, if I'm understanding right, there's this beautiful hallway with huge chandeliers. And at the end of the hallway, there's a strong yet soft light. It's a soft but powerfully bright light. And uh, and is he's met by three deceased relatives who tell him it's too early and that it's time to go back. I don't know if this is the house of learning, you know, the temple of, of learning, whatever it's called, or if this is just a building. I mean, there's probably thousands, millions, billions of buildings in the spirit world. And I don't know if they are as quantifiable as they are here. They may come and go. I don't know how that works exactly, but it, I would imagine that they are just there and that, you know, either way, it's very interesting. And, um, Maury discusses a beautiful white passageway. That's an interesting way of describing the tunnel, assuming that's what it is. But uh, this is after going into the light and then finding herself in this white passageway where she sees Jesus. He's very beautiful and serene. Tells him, it tells her, you need to go back and shows her her child wrapped in gold. Not sure what that means. Gold blankets, gold light, I, I don't know. But uh, very interesting um, description. This gold keeps coming up in, in experiences. And some people describe soft yellows, amber lighting, uh, gold lighting. They'll describe, you know, some have occasionally talked about streets paved with gold, but most of them don't use the word gold for streets. They'll say lit or you know, uh, like I said, amber streets, th things like that. And, and, you know, one even said that the streets were actually paved with gold. And she's thinking, why isn't anybody coming along with a bucket and chipping them away? And, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of gold, you know. And, and I'm sure she wasn't yet used to the idea that everybody can hear her thoughts. So they're probably chuckling at her naive thoughts to, you know, want to take some of this back with her or whatever, but <laughs> um, then Maury ends up projecting back to her body with great speed. She did choose to return, and all she says about why she chose to return, other than, you know, the mention of her child wrapped in gold, being told that she needs to go back um, and here, you know, here's your child and whatever, but she says, I chose to return to help people. And then she says she's writing a book and so forth. But that seems to be, I mean, love seems to be the reason people come back. To show love, to exercise love, to demonstrate love, to uh, somehow add more love to the world. And it feels like trying to say, you know, call it 
you know, coming back for love is just so insignificant, or not, it's not really saying what they're trying to say, but that's the closest thing they have. They just don't have words for it, but very interesting. So if you would like to contact the podcast, you can do so by either emailing Podcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. You can also support the podcast by purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. And with that, thank you, you guys, so much for listening.